The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Coroner has identified the victim of a deadly shooting. Six years, that's how long a Kansas City family has waited for justice. But this isn't your ordinary whodunit, because they say they already know. And prosecutors even charged him at one point. But after all of the hours detectives have poured into the investigation, and all of the time the victim's mother has spent begging for justice, the case somehow became one of the 40% of cases in Kansas City that remain unsolved. And Charlie Bates' homicide is now considered a cold case. Each victim has a unique story in life and death with friends, family, detectives, and prosecutors all fighting for justice. We're not going to stop. We're not going to give up. We are joining the case to get answers. This is Fox 4 Problem Solvers Crime Files, the podcast. I'm Kara Small. It's like a nightmare mystery. We don't know anything except whatever you've read in the paper on that. An 18-year-old teen was murdered in Seven Oaks Park. More than three years after someone shot and killed 18-year-old Asan Williams, his family feels stuck. Stuck in the cycle of grief for a child just beginning his life. Stuck with the fact that they don't know why Asan was at the park the day he was shot facing the reality that they may never know who's responsible for stealing a son from them. Here's a son's mom, Kendra. I have to say it that plain. I have to say it like that so people will understand that this is where our family stands. An 18-year-old teen was murdered in Seven Oaks Park with over a dozen witnesses. Exactly what the paper said, exactly what the newspaper said. It's exactly what we have. All they have right now are questions. All they want are answers. But all they have to rely on are the memories they have of Asan. Asan's mother, grandmother, and father came to talk to us about the cold case. Kendra, Asan's mom, didn't smile much. But she did smile as she recalled memories and described her 18-year-old son. He was laid back, but also fun at heart. Smart, always there to help you. Um, just the person that you just like being around. Well, I know I liked being around him because he was my son and just a cool kid to me. She went on to say that Hassan was into music and would read anything that he could get his hands on. He liked to read a lot. He would read anything. He still had encyclopedias. Even in the age of Google, he would still like to sit and read his encyclopedias and learn new words. Phyllis, Hassan's grandmother, seconds that. Hassan had a wonderful future ahead of him. Uh, he was a very, very bright young man. Phyllis says his intelligence and laid-back personality weren't the only things that set Hassan apart from other teenagers. Hassan was just a, a beautiful young man, uh, very mannerable. He loved family. And as his grandmother, uh, I have such fond memories because, you know, oftentimes teenagers, they don't want to hang out with their grandmothers. Not the case. Uh, my children would never go to Ruby Tuesdays with me. They said, oh, no, that's where all the old people go. 
And so Hassan would go to Ruby Tootsie's with me and he just loved the food. He said, they don't know what they're missing. Mostly everybody knew during the summer, uh, we would go to Sheridan's uh, over there off of Nolan Road. And that was our thing. I introduced him to the concrete and we would just sit out and talk and people watch. Uh, but just a, a lovable child. Never, never, I never had any problems with him. Asan's grandmother and his mom also recall that he loved weekly family dinners. The extended family got together almost every Sunday just to be together and, of course, to eat. <laughs> he would always eat and then after his dessert, he would pass out every time, whether that was the couch, the floor, or another bedroom. <laughs> you, every time he ate dessert, it, it was like, where's the start? And he's, <laughs> he is knocked out. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was pretty unique. Like, you know, he was, he was pretty laid back and our family is real gregarious. So, you know, uh, Asal would just be cracking up at stuff that would be going back and forth. But he was very, very protective of me. So if they started needling me, he would say, all right, y'all need to get up off of Nama, leave Nama alone. Another thing about Hassan that we found interesting when we spoke to his family is that he loved nature and gardening. That's not just a hobby we hear many teenagers talking about, but Hassan's father, Haji, says Hassan's love of nature was more than a hobby. It was part of his being. He liked gardening. I don't know where that came from, but we had got, in, got it arranged where he would go help in the community garden in the neighborhood. So he really liked nature. I mean, we would sit up, you know, like I said, have our conversations, and he'd say he, he wanted to be a tree trimmer. I said, why are you going to do that? I don't know. I just like to. So I'm steady quizzing to see, is this something he's really doing? Is he just talking? But it, he was set his heart. That's what he wanted to do. So I'm like, hey, okay. Well, you know, honestly, I told him about the military and, and uh, you know, just telling him that, look, if you want to go to the military, go to the military. You can be a tree trimmer in the military. He's like, oh, I can, Daddy. Yeah, they got all kind of stuff you can do. So, you know, that was kind of on, um, might have been one of his career paths. Assan's father also pointed out that his son's future doesn't matter now because someone stole that future, as well as his life, from his family. Haji says the reality continues to hurt him and the rest of the family. I'm at grandpa years now, and that was my oldest child, my, old, my only son. So, you know, me having a grandson is out the picture now or me sitting back looking at uh, four generations of men and women on both sides of the family is gone now. So, you know, it, it, messes, it messes with everybody's life goals. Right now, the goal of Hassan's family sounds simple. It should be simple. They want to know why Hassan was in Seven Oaks Park, a park near 38th and Kensington he never visited. They also want to find the person responsible for pulling the trigger, killing him in March of 2015. But three years later, they still don't have the answer to either question. It was very unusual with him till this day. We're still trying to figure out why he was at the park and his association. Who, how did he get there? That's not a park in our neighborhood. I just couldn't understand. He may have known people from school or whatever in the area, but I just couldn't understand why he was at that park that day. The crazy thing about this case, it was in the evening, but it was early evening and it was daylight. And there were several people in the park that day. And 
I don't know anything except that my son was murdered in Seven Oaks Park. Asan's mother, Kendra, says there were people in the park that evening, and Asan was in a car with one or two other people when he was shot. So there were definitely people who witnessed his murder. Police even released a grainy picture of a car witnesses say drove away from the park after the shooting. So there are clues. There were leads for the police to follow, or there should have been. Police arrived at the park at 38th and Kensington, and all of the potential witnesses had scattered. So detectives say they did what they could and waited for the tips to come in. Three years later, they're still waiting for the tip that will solve Hassan's murder. Unfortunately, the park didn't have surveillance cameras at the time of the homicide, but it does now. That change is thanks to Hassan's family. His father, Haji, talks about why they worked so hard to get the cameras put up. Well, you know, after it happened, you know, I was so stunned and, you know, um, I can't even describe the feeling. It's kind of like being in the twilight zone, like this can't be real, this cannot be happening. You know, it's almost like you're looking at yourself outside of your own body. And a lot of the, um, a lot of what happened is kind of blurry, but I remember uh, having this, this feeling of despair, anger, but still wanting my questions asked of what happened at this part, I need to know, and I'm not gonna stop fighting until I know what happened. And that feeling I had, I didn't want another parent to ever feel like that. Haji said he did what he could after he lost his son. He picked up the phone and started making calls and ended up talking to someone at Ad Hoc. And that got the ball rolling. Haji found out that there was a fund available for city improvements. That surveillance cameras fell under those requirements. The family filed the paperwork to request funding for the project. Then they spent time pounding the pavement to spread the word about the plan. Asan's dad said he wasn't sure what to expect. Myself, mom, grandma, friends, family, my classmates, we went door to door collecting petition signatures for to get the community on board to what we were trying to do. Because it just wasn't our son who was murdered. It was the whole community that lost a loved one. And to my surprise, at first I was kind of worried on, you know, how's the neighborhood going to take this, you know, us asking to put cameras down here. But to my surprise, you know, a lot of Almost everybody was in, you know, was was for the cameras. A lot of people had told me they've been asked for cameras at that park for years. And you know, uh, I had a professor tell me, you know, sometimes it takes a tragedy for something good to happen. So you know, I, I tried to do everything I could to make some kind of plus out of this minus, and that was my son being murdered in broad daylight. Then it was up to Hassan's mom to convince members of the city council. Haji couldn't be at the meeting because he was in school, earning a degree in social work. So Kendra made the actual pitch to the city council about the idea. My whole family and members of the community were very instrumental in making sure that those cameras were installed. Since cameras were installed in the park, Hassan's family says they've helped stop crime in the area, but it hasn't solved Hassan's case. And his mom says dealing with his murder is getting harder instead of easier. This three-year mark was tough for me. Um, he would have been 21 years old. That was a milestone birthday, and it just reminded me how he was stolen from me, how his future was stolen. I was grieving him, and I was grieving his 
future at this moment because you're 21 and you're legal and you should be living your life and it was stolen from you. The family knows at this point it'll take someone calling in a tip to put a killer behind bars. Someone brave enough to come forward and share what they saw or heard and what they've heard since Hassan's murder. Here's Hassan's father again. The snitching term. You know, people have internalized the snitching term into a bad thing when they don't even know what, 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 is, what is a snitch. What does a snitch do? A snitch ain't somebody who says, okay, I've seen this person do that to that woman. That's not a snitch. A snitch is if two people together commit the same crime and tells on the other person, that's a snitch. So see, we got to get all this straightened out before we can even start to move forward. Because as long as you're not willing to tell to protect your neighborhood or your family or anybody else's family, it's going to keep happening. Asan's mom agrees. Say the way that violence has been escalated in the Kansas City area, we have to stop the no snitching or it's not my problem. It's all of our problems. And it could be you or your family member one day because violence has just skyrocketed in the Kansas City area. And you're not a snitch when you're the one being victimized. And whether it was you hit by the gunshots, you're still a victim because it's going on in your community. And anything you allow, you accept. And so we have allowed this behavior in our communities for so long that we have accepted it and accepted it as okay. One of the things I always say is violence is preventable. That simple sentence is so true. It's preventable. While they say they know it's a long shot, Asan's mom and dad say they will not accept the fact that it's possible Asan's murder may never be solved, that the killer may never be caught. They say they know that eventually they will get answers. Well, I'll tell you what, we ain't gonna stop until we get justice. I mean, it's been three years, you know, every morning when I wake up, it's always that thought in my mind, is this the phone gonna ring today? Say, hey, we got him. Until that phone call comes, Hassan's family is trying to deal with the hole in their lives that he used to fill. I'm just gonna say, you know, he's missed every day. It's not too many moments I can think of in a day's time I'm not thinking about him, not thinking about what happened, not having that feeling of fire and rage inside of me that I'm gonna find out what happened. I just miss him. I mean, the, this is the most unnatural thing for parents to face. And so, you know, people always say, uh, what do you miss about your son? They always ask us that. We miss him. I mean, there's not, you know, all these specific things. We miss him. We miss him being here. We miss his presence. We miss that we can't hear his voice. We miss that we can't smell him. We miss that when holidays come around, he's not sitting at the table with us. Those are the things that parents miss about their kids being gone. Their loved ones being gone. I may help you. It's now up to you to get them the answers that they need. Were you in Seven Oaks Park on March 13th of 2015, Friday the 13th? Did you see or hear something? Have you spoken to police? If you have any information, even if you think police might have already heard it, call the tips hotline at 816-474-TIPS. Email your tip to kccrimestoppers.com or send your tip through the Crime Stoppers app. Download it at p3tips.com. There's a $10,000 reward offered in this case. You can find other episodes of Crime Files on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as fox4kc.com. Just search Crime Files. 
For Fox 4 Crime Files, I'm Kara Small. 